This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, June 5th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Downey. Here's today's headlines. Tariffs hang over negotiating success in China. Action eyed for Senate Farm Bill. And CFTC backtracks on registration rule. Tariffs hang over negotiating success in China. Trade talks over the weekend in Beijing yielded multiple potential successes for U.S. farmers and ranchers after Chinese negotiators agreed to several demands from the U.S. on increased access to China's agricultural markets. However, the U.S. threat of new tariffs continues to cast a cloud of uncertainty over a final deal, that according to government and industry sources. One potential success came from Chinese officials agreeing to wrap up the process of allowing the U.S. to export rice to China, the world's largest importer of the grain, according to sources. All of the success still hinges on the Trump administration not following through with threats to impose $50 billion worth of tariffs on Chinese goods as a means to punish the country for intellectual property theft and other grievances. That according to sources telling AgriPulse. At this point, it's impossible to predict whether that will happen and kill any potential deals. It's a major concern, says Angela Hoffman, Deputy Director of Farmers for Free Trade. We have a surplus in agricultural trade, Hoffman said. So, by the president's own metric, U.S. agriculture trade has been winning. The only thing that could put that at risk are harmful tariffs that will tax the very exports our farmers depend on for their livelihoods. We can and should address non-tariff barriers, but we can't do it in a way that puts major ag export markets at risk. Now, President Donald Trump expressed only optimism yesterday, the first day back for Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross and the members of the delegation who returned from Beijing after two days of talks. Farmers have not been doing well for 15 years, Trump said in a tweet. Mexico, Canada, China, and others have treated them unfairly. By the time I finish trade talks, that will change. Big trade barriers against U.S. farmers and other businesses will finally be broken. Massive trade deficits no longer. June 13, action eyed for Senate Farm Bill. Senate Agriculture Chairman Pat Roberts said he hopes to release a draft farm bill later this week, have his committee act on it June 13th. He also said that Senate Republicans and Democratic leaders are committed to bringing the bill to the floor promptly after the committee markup, so long as the bill is approved by a significant margin. That appears highly likely, to say the least, given that the bill is being drafted by Roberts and the committee's ranking Democrat, Debbie Stabenow. Roberts said yesterday evening that he and Stabenow were very close to agreement on the final language of the draft. Here's the bottom line. Senate approval of a farm bill this month would significantly raise the chances that a new farm bill could get enacted this year. That is, unless House Republicans dig in on the food stamp reforms that they insisted on putting in their version of the language. CFTC backtracks on registration rule. The Commodity Futures Trading Commission is proposing to keep the existing requirement for a futures trader who has to be registered as a swap dealer. The CFTC, which now has a Republican majority, voted two to one for a proposed rule that would retain the $8 billion de minimis threshold for having to register as a swap dealer. 
That limit had been set to drop to $3 billion last December, but the reduction was delayed so the GOP-led agency could reconsider the change. Critics said the lower threshold would have swept in agribusiness traders, community banks, and others, exposing them to new margin and capital requirements. Chairman Chris Giancarlo said the reduction would have forced many entities to curtail their trading in order to stay under the $3 billion threshold. The $8 billion ensures that the market is adequately regulated without detrimentally affecting community banks and agriculture co-ops that engage in limited swap dealing activity and do not pose systemic risk, he said. Groups challenge EPA over RFS waivers. Just days after several ethanol and farm groups challenged three of EPA's small refinery exemptions in court, there's yet another attempt to address waivers to the renewable fuel standard. On Monday, eight groups filed a petition and a lawsuit asking the EPA to change its regulations so it can account for waived gallons when setting annual volume requirements and reallocate those gallons to other refineries that haven't been exempted from the program. Bob Deneen, president and CEO of the Renewable Fuels Association, tells AgriPulse the lawsuit, like the case filed last week, is designed to stop the insanity. Deneen said, quote, Let's make sure there's a reasonable and established criteria through which a refinery that truly is experiencing hardship can demonstrate it. Deneen said, but right now, with ethanol being cheaper than gasoline and a higher octane, blending more of a cheaper, higher octane component is not going to cause economic hardship for anybody. That's laughable on its face. On top of questioning the criteria for granting the waivers, the groups say the waived gallons amount to demand destruction, a talking point refuted by the energy sector, and that the agency needs to follow congressional intent. When the EPA waives these volumes, that translates into lost demand opportunities for corn growers who expect that EPA should implement and enforce the RFS as intended by Congress. That the word of National Corn Growers Association President Kevin Skunas in a statement. In addition to RFA and NCGA, the American Coalition for Ethanol, the National Farmers Union, Biotechnology Innovation Organization, the National Biodiesel Board, and Growth Energy are also in on the case and a petition calling for EPA action. Bayer plans to close Monsanto deal. To paraphrase Richard Nixon, in a couple of months, environmental activists won't have Monsanto to kick around anymore. Bayer's acquisition of the St. Louis-based company will close on Thursday, Bayer announced yesterday. The company said that after divesting $9 billion in assets to BASF, Bayer and Monsanto will start integrating their operations under one name, Bayer. The company's name, which will take effect after that divestment, will be Bayer. Monsanto, which was founded in 1901 by John Francis Queenie, will no longer exist under that name, which was the maiden name of Queenie's wife. Asked about the name choice on a conference call with reporters yesterday, Bayer Crop Science President Liam Condon said that based on brand audits the company has done around the world, we simply had a strong belief that the Bayer brand has very strong positive recognition. 
something that could not be said for Monsanto. However, Condon added, just changing a brand name doesn't change anything like reputation overnight. Dairy Group wants answers on Mexican cheese tariff threat. What did you do to celebrate National Cheese Day yesterday? Officials at the National Milk Producers Federation spent much of it trying to figure out how severe Mexico's tariffs will be. Mexico announced last week it would be retaliating against U.S. steel and aluminum tariffs by hitting back with its own tariffs on U.S. exports of cheese, pork, and other goods. But the Mexicans were extremely vague, and Shauna Morris, National Milk Producers Federation Vice President of Trade Policy, said the group's members are clamoring for details that Mexico has not divulged yet. Mexico's the largest export market for the U.S. dairy products for the National Milk Producers Federation. The U.S. exports about 90,000 metric tons of cheese to Mexico annually. That, according to data maintained by the U.S. Dairy Export Council. Japan, still at the top of the trade wish for the dairy group. Japan remains the top of the list of countries that the U.S. dairy producers want the Trump administration to negotiate a bilateral trade deal with, according to Morris. For now, though, it's mostly wishful thinking as Japan concentrates on implementing the Trans-Pacific Partnership, that massive trade pact that the U.S. pulled out of more than a year ago. Morris said at a presentation yesterday at the 25th Annual American Agrowoman Symposium in Washington, we know that it takes two to tango, though, and Japan hasn't been exactly keen to start bilateral negotiations with the U.S. at this point. Other areas that would be extremely helpful in our moving forward include Southeast Asia and certainly countries in the Middle East that are also significant dairy consumers. Well, here's today's They Tweeted It. Happy Hashtag National Cheese Day. A big shout-out to all the hashtag dairy farmers that make our hamburgers more delicious and macaroni and cheese possible. That was the American Farm Bureau Federation sending out just one of the many Cheese Day tweets yesterday. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, June 5th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.